Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but What's up, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, and welcome to the fifth installment of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the only independent outlet dedicated to covering high school hockey in our region. So let's go ahead and jump right into the opening faceoff. I'm dedicating this week's show entirely to the referees, the men in stripes, the zebras. During my time at the rink, I've heard them called many different things, both on and off the ice, and most of the stuff I've heard, I cannot repeat on the air. These guys play such an integral role in our sport, yet rarely seem to garner the respect, benefit of the doubt, or recognition they deserve. And sometimes, when tempers flare, ugly incidents can occur, like the one that happened at Howell Ice World on Sunday, February 7th, 2016, when Dave Brown and his officiating partner, Sal Bianco, were allegedly attacked after two parents, Anthony Galaccio and Robert uh, Doverino, entered the locker room for officials at the end of the game between Howell and Manasquan. To the best of my knowledge, no criminal charges were ever filed against either parent by local authorities, and the case took an interesting turn about a month ago when the Freehold Regional High School District requested that neither referee involved in the alleged attack officiate the games of its member schools, which include Howell, Manalapan, Colts Neck, Freehold Borough, Freehold Township, and Marlborough. This request by school officials then prompted other referees in a sign of solidarity, to boycott a game between Howell and Robbinsville 90 minutes before puck drop on December 23rd. And because there were no officials present, that game had to be canceled. Eventually, the New Jersey State Interscholastic Athletic Association had to step in and serve as a mediator before additional games were affected, which could have jeopardized a number of hockey teams' seasons. I also recently came across an article entitled, Rather Than Whining, Capitals Take a Shut-Up-and-Play Approach with the Refs. It was written by Stephen Wino. Right-wing Justin Williams was quoted as saying, You don't want to be known as the whiny team that the refs don't want to go by the bench because they're always going to get whined at from the players. You don't want to have that reputation. Trying to nip that reputation before it got out of control, players talked inside the locker room about officials being human beings. How no one likes being yelled or screamed at while doing their job shows show a little respect and maybe it will get returned in kind. Capitals head coach Barry Trotz and most around hockey will readily acknowledge just how difficult officiating an NHL game can be and compliment referees and linesmen for getting more calls right than wrong. He'll often apologize to referees later for yelling at them if they saw something he didn't. Trotz, Alex Ovechkin, and alternate captains Brooks Orpik and Nicholas Backstrom have the job of communicating with officials. Keeping the off-the-cuff yapping to a minimum has been part of Washington's recent success. I think controlling our emotions and having the right people talk all the time and focus on the right things can keep us more grounded and more on detail, Trotz said. 
Orpik said, cutting back on mouthing off to the officials can help players sharpen their focus on controllable aspects of the game. If you yell and scream at them all game long, they might not give you the benefit of the doubt at the end of the game or the next game. Williams said the coaching staff and older players had to set the tone for how everyone else should treat referees and linesmen. The article ends with Williams saying, Yelling at the refs, although spontaneously it may feel like the right thing to do, it never changes the call. Never, ever. As much as you whine and moan about it, I think you get more respect from the referees that way when you show them respect as well. So let's drop the puck and examine the state of officiating in the Hudson Valley. I'm also excited for you to listen to my one-on-one interview with a local referee during the In the Box segment. We cover a number of topics during our time together, including, is there a crisis in officiating? What are the challenges that referees face in today's game? And how can we recruit some new blood into our sport? Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. This is Corey Bowen. You're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. Now it's time for Around the Rinks. Mother Nature gave us some really sloppy weather, which canceled some games earlier in the week. Here are the results from Tuesday, January 24th through Sunday, January 29th. Suffern beat North Rockland 4-3 in overtime. Fordham Prep defeated Iona Prep 2-1. Monroe Woodbury beat Hen Hut Haldane 3-1. Rye Town Harrison defeated New Rochelle 4-1. Clarkstown beat Somers North Salem 6-1. Lakeland Panis defeated Nyack Tappan Z 4-1. St. Luke's beat Harvey 4-3 in overtime. Rye Country Day School defeated Rye 5-4. Stepanak beat Xavier 3-2. White Plains defeated Rivertown 6-1. Uh, Byram Hills beat Lakeland Panis 12-4. Mamaroneck defeated Carmel 10-0. Eastchester Tuckahoe Bronxville beat Mount Pleasant 5-0. Mayapack defeated John Jay 2-1. Greeley beat Somers North Salem 11-3. Suffern tied Scarsdale 2-2 in overtime. North Rockland defeated Rytown Harrison 6-1. Mount Pleasant beat Rivertown 3-0. Brewtown defeated Monroe Woodbury 7-0. Pearl River beat East Chester Tuckahoe Bronxville 4-2. Iona Prep defeated Chaminade 2-0. John Jay beat Carmel 10-0. Byram Hills defeated Mamaroneck B 9-1. Greeley beat Henhut Haldane 9-7. Clarkstown defeated Rytown Harrison 6-1. Brewtown beat Fox Lane 9-3. Stepanak beat St. Francis 11-0. Pelham defeated St. Anthony's 7-4. Somers North Salem defeated White Plains 5-2. Mamaroneck B beat Lakeland Panis 7-6 in overtime. And the final score from the Monsignor Farrell versus Fordham Prep game was unavailable at the time this podcast was recorded. I want to take a moment and correct an announcement you will hear later on during the Stick Tap segment of the show, which was pre-recorded earlier this week. Sam Luvecki, freshman goalie for the Gates Chili Varsity Hockey Team out of Section 5, made an impressive 71 saves in a 4-1 loss to Arondequat on Tuesday, January 24th, and that's the third highest total in state history. You're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the number one destination for high school hockey talk in our area, and we'll be right back after this.
now it's time for the dump and chase. Earlier in the week, I asked for your comments, thoughts, and feedback on Twitter regarding the state of officiating in the Hudson Valley. And here's what you all had to say, anonymously for the most part, and I completely understand why. Someone said, these refs need to remember that they're not the stars, the kids are. It's not about them. Do your job quietly. Another comment, overall, officiating is pretty good. One negative, however, is a lack of consistency on calling hits from behind. And when the call is made, there's also a lack of consistency on the actual penalty itself. For example, is it a minor or a major? Another comment, there needs to be an in-person evaluator from Section 1 to provide feedback on positioning, flow of game, etc., as they do in USA Hockey. These refs are rarely in position, and that leads to many other problems. Not being on the blue line makes calling proper offsides more difficult, and not skating to the goal line leads to missed goals. The refs with the higher rating get more and more home games. Another comment, some are good and some are okay, and some just don't know what they're doing. Section 1 Puck said, For the most part, Section 1 refs are fair and just. The one thing that needs to change, though, is the consistency of Section 1 refs. It's okay to have your own style of officiating, whether it's calling a game tight or loose. But changing the way you ref in the middle of a game takes away the chance of the players to create the outcome of the game, which is what we all want. Ed Witts and I spoke over the phone, and he said, The officials do a good job in Section 1, and many of them became officials after playing or coaching hockey as a way to give back or to stay connected to the sport in some way. Ed said, They're in it for all the right reasons. He doesn't like when players or coaches say things like, The ref had it out for us. Ed also said, When you blame the officials, it takes the ownership off of the players and or coaches. I also asked Ed about adding a third official, which he does on occasion. He said, why not have an upgrade and a better situation for all involved, including the players, coaches, and on-ice officials? Another comment. Having seen multiple leagues and officials groupings, I would say Section 1 has easily one of the best in the area. I think it's also important to share a few key pieces of info that sometimes get lost in the fray. Referees are humans too. They will make mistakes. I have never known a ref to purposely go against any team. They are the only ones out there without any bias. Most issues stem from outside lack of knowledge of the rules. Most fans, players, and coaches have a strong understanding of the rules, but do not know the exact book definition uh, with which it's the referee's responsibility to both know and enforce during the game. They deserve the benefit of the doubt. Lastly and most importantly, this is a game. It's everybody's job to set a good example for these kids so they can have a fun, safe learning environment um, and great memories for the future. Another comment. I would say that the quality of officiating throughout the section really varies a significant amount, and that is what is almost scary about the whole thing. Certain refs will be completely unbiased, officiate fairly, and make the same calls both ways and respect the players and coaches. While it's obviously unacceptable for a player to talk back to an official after a call, I do believe that a simple explanation for a penalty to a captain, coach, or even the player who took the penalty would go a long way. I saw a player get called for a major slash, which is not a thing. The official failed to communicate to the coaches that he called a major uh, as a result of what he believed to be an intent to injure. 
Obviously, this was a very subjective call, but that's not the point. The ref never gave an explanation until significantly later, and that is unreasonable. Sometimes one ref will be good and the other will be horrendous, and that makes the game bad for everyone. One official shouldn't be calling every small infraction, whereas his partner is allowing a physical game and letting the players play. We need more consistency. The refs obviously know what goes on throughout the section and communicate with each other. And I feel like sometimes they have less tolerance for players who seem to have a bad reputation. They will also allow star players to get tripped, slashed, and receive cheap shots without a penalty being called. It's almost as if they believe that a stud player is good enough to take a beating, even though it's in violation of the rules. I feel like there's also a decent amount of favoritism among the refs, and seems like the bigger, quote-unquote, powerhouse programs seem to have calls made in their favor more often. Another comment. The officiating, especially in Rockland County games, is at an all-time low. The refs routinely turn a blind eye, pun intended, to numerous elbows to the head and after the whistle hits, which put teenagers at risk of serious injury. The players, regardless of which team they're on, deserve better, much better. The real story is exactly how the refs are assigned each game, and you'd be shocked at how playoffs are assigned. Here's a hint. It's not on merit or on a consensus vote from the coaches. It's who's up next in the rotation. One last comment. Section 1 on-ice officials have pros and cons. Although it's hard to make every call a good one, some officials overuse the authority they have. For example, when a coach asks a question to a ref about why a call was or wasn't made, the ref automatically gets defensive and will threaten to give the team a penalty, even if the coach is being completely respectful. I think that officials have to realize that they are not the stars out there and that they shouldn't be the topic of conversation after the game. You're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, and we'll be right back after this. This is Ben Hurd, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. This is your boy Trav, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast. This week, we're dedicating an entire show to the men in stripes, the officials. I'm in the referee's lounge at ice time up here in Newburgh. Shout out to Mike and Allison for uh, helping me set this up. And I'm sitting with an official. Um, so I'm going to, at this point, turn it over to you, and uh, we can get the interview started. Thanks for having me, Travis. Just want to uh, preempt our start with uh, a couple of things. One is thank you so much for the work you do promoting, you, promoting high school hockey in the area. The kids love the recognition. The districts love the recognition. Um, all over, I just think HV Pucks has been great. It's been fun to build the uh, Twitter community as well. I also, uh, I'm going to steal from you because uh, I have to give a shout out to my wife and family too. Uh, hockey does take a lot of time and uh, I, I couldn't uh, do as much as I could without, without her. And I do have a, my, it is my daughter's birthday today. I forgot to tell you that. It's my daughter's birthday. She's serving in the, uh, she's in the service in Germany and a shout out to her wherever, wherever she is today. So, okay, I'll, I'm all yours. Thank be, you. Be gentle. Yes. Happy birthday to your daughter and thank her so much for her service. Um, Favorite thing about officiating high school hockey? Uh, well, crazy enough, what I like best about it is is it's just impossible to have a perfect game. And it's just so exciting to be inside the glass. The speed is awesome. 
you know, players, they're generally focused on playing the game, not with any of the, the stuff the, the, the stuff you might be getting from the bench or, or the fans might be. They, they really just want the puck drop and they want to be playing. Um, and just when you're, when you're in the action, you're just always trying to anticipate the flow so the players can make the play they want to make. We're out of the way, but we're in a good position to observe the play. It, it's really a, a physical, mental, and emotional challenge, and I, I really enjoy it. Uh, what are some misconceptions about officiating? You know, that's, uh, they're, they're probably countless. I hope I don't do a disservice here. Um, but I would say one thing, there's a few things I would say. Uh, officials have good games and bad games, just like players. So sometimes you, you, you just come out, you're just not, you're not sharp for whatever reason. It's not a big spread. Uh, sometimes fans might notice it, the co- may or may not notice it, the coach might, but I'll, I'll notice it. I, I've seen it of other officials, and, and unfortunately I've, I've experienced it personally. Um, I'm not a big fan. You know, some of the ridiculous complaints that we hear, and we do hear the fans now and again, is call it both ways. I, I really have rare experience where, uh, where I've worked with an official where it wasn't being, um, the efforts, best efforts weren't being made to call it fairly. Um, and, and, you know, I think one of the things people should really recognize about officials most is we all competed in one sport or another as players. Not, not always as hockey players, but definitely competed as players and, and love the competition. And there's a way to be around that. Um, you know, many of us are parents. Some have been coaches. But we're totally plugged into the emotion and the passion of the game. Um, if we see a call, if we see it, if we called it, then we saw it. If we didn't see it, then we can't call it. It's, it's, it's simple. It's just not necessarily easy as far as that goes. We all have lives away from the rink, and uh, it's just when things get out of hand, it, it's really silly, uh, and I'm not a fan of that. There was one expression I do like to uh, use, which is my wife uh, is not necessarily a big fan of, but it is pretty good, I think. She said, uh, is, it, is it whether I'm right or wrong at the rink when I'm officiating, I get to win the argument. At home, whether I'm right or wrong, I lose the argument. That's the same. That's the same. Same goes in my house too. Hey, uh, what's your pregame routine? Uh, nothing too dramatic. Um, you know, definitely drinking water, uh, warming up a little bit on the rink. Got to stretch. Uh, check with my partner. You know, it is. You know, it's a locker room, so it's always nice. Uh, with nice personal relationships I've developed developed with a lot of the officials, um, and we'll review mechanics if it's a playoff game, a one-off game, different league, overtime rules, any any time, uh, any type of stuff like that. Uh, if it's a morning game, I like I do like to get my sausage, egg, and cheese, um, and I do like the I do like the pregame talk with coaches and or captains. You know, funny enough, that sometimes that helps with the communication during the game, and actually sometimes it does backfire. Hmm. Um, what makes a successful hockey official? Uh, I, well, you do have to always be striving to improve, um, but uh, you know, positioning is big. Being in the right place to be able to make the call. You know, when I see co- uh, officials not getting to the line, that's something, you know, we know. we got to be on our lines, whether it's getting to the blue line or getting to the goal line. Hustling to get to that place, and communication is big. Communication, you know, it's a lot of visual communication with your partner. Where, where is he? Where, you know, who, what, how's the flow of the play going? Uh, a lot of spoken and unspoken communication like that with, with your partner and with the teams, the, the players and the coaches. Rules knowledge, obviously, a given, and we are always trying to make consistent calls. Um, one of the things with consistent calls I think gets uh, misinterpreted, it can be elusive for uh, the official and illusory for the fan, is there's, there's basically four components that we're looking at. One, did it cause an injury? Two, did it cause a turnover? Three, did it take away a scoring opportunity? And four, was it obvious? So it's injury, turnover, scoring opportunity, was an obvious call. 
do all these calls. It's like we got a fraction of a second. You about six tenths of a second, and then once that's it. You missed it. You missed it. It's too late, and you can really almost get yourself uh, in in more trouble than not if you uh, you know once that time's up. And, and and that happens where you're frustrated. Like oh, I wish I had that one back, but they don't come back to you. We don't get to call Toronto. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's no war room that we get to. Uh we get to consult with. Um, what's the biggest challenge you faced as an official? Uh, well, I'm not one of I'm not. I wasn't fortunate enough to play play hockey uh, when I was young. I, a little bit of pond hockey, but that was about it. Um, so, my, really, my 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 learn to skate years were with my sons when they were doing learn to skate. I was out doing uh, pizza slices when I was about 38 years old. So, improve my skating was a big challenge, and it's something I'm always working on. Um, moving up the level of games, the decision-making has to keep up with the speed of play. The players are faster. The puck's moving faster. Uh, one thing that I really, really, you know, my compete gets my compete up is when you get a, a player behind the play and he burns me on a call. He's taking a dirty shot in whatever fashion it might, might uh, come, up, come, come through as. Um, especially if I know something went down on it, what I'll try to do is I might go to the offended player and say, hey, what happened? Did that guy get you? And he'll tell me he won't be happy, but I got to fess up if I missed it. And I might also go try to speak to the offending player and say, hey, you know, let's straighten that out and make sure I'm a little more uh, aware of his his presence on the ice. Okay. Uh, What advice would you give someone who is interested in becoming an official? Do it. Definitely do it. Uh, you, you will learn there are a lot more there's a lot more nuance to the rules that you don't really understand until you're a player the flow of the game why you make calls why you don't make calls it's uh it's really I, I just love talking to guys who played very physical and sometimes those physical the guys who spend a lot of time in the box do the best job wearing stripes uh, it is a patient game you got to do some little lower games at first but as you gain confidence and people gain confidence in in your in your abilities on the ice you keep on moving up, and I've, I'm I'm very fortunate. I've done uh, I've done some college club playoff games, and I've gone all the way down to squirt games. So it's uh, there's a lot of hockey to work. And one other thing, you know, I just got off the ice. Have fun. There's just funny stuff that happens. Laugh when it's funny. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And you know, there was a very unfortunate incident that took place back in uh, Howell, New Jersey, last year, where I believe two officials were attacked after a game in the locker room by a parent. Have you ever felt unsafe when leaving a rink? Yeah, that was a uh, that was a disgusting episode. There's really just no other way to pull it. And and one of the challenges there is, uh, you know, you know we're we're verbally threatened on a regular basis. And just directly to your question, unsafe? No, threatened. regularly um, physically and and verbally and the problem is okay they're just threatening me they're just threatening me when is that verbal going to go physical you don't know and and I'm not a police officer I have a lot of respect for police officers but you can just know you know you're out that as that authority figure and and, you know when's that person going to snap I don't I don't know their I don't have history with them uh, so it's 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 really a a fine line Um, you know when when we do have that type of incident you know, we're pretty careful as officials. We're trying to leave the ice together, especially if uh, tensions ran high during the game. We leave the ice. We might wait a little before we leave. If there's a long way to the locker room, we'll, we'll, we'll take that. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've experienced a puck shot at me, uh, sticks swung at me. You know, there's a lot of crazy things that happen there, and it's, uh, it's definitely disconcerting. And, and maybe going back to the last question, still still go be an official, but it's uh, there's some challenges, some things you're going to see that are that not – that can be pretty ugly. 
I was uh, I was over at the Ice Hutch not too long ago, and there is a series of posters. I'm sure you've seen them that feature these little figurines, and they're put out by USA Hockey. And at the at the bottom of the poster, it always says, "Relax, it's just a game." And I think more and more parents and players need to, and coaches need to realize that this is just a game. It's about kids having fun. I understand sometimes there's playoff implications and league championship implications, but you know some of the things I hear parents. Um, you know, and, and even players, you know, yelling at uh, at officials really is, uh, you know, reprehensible. Yeah, it's a uh, it's 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 a slippery slope. And truthfully, you know, we, we talked about this before. I I don't really care if it is for the Stanley Cup champion. We're we're all human beings. You want it clean. There was just a uh, an article about you know Gretzky had a high stick twenty thirty years ago, and the referee missed it. Right. They're still giving him grief over it. It's it's hilarious. But uh, you know you're doing your best you can. If there's so much going on, there was one time when I was I was watching the game as a fan, and and there was a, a blatant hook. It was a blatant hook. But I saw the position of both officials. They were both in the correct position, but it was an impossible. They, there was no way could they could view the play because they were both obstructed by the the flow of play. So it, it's a tricky it's a tricky slope. But you know those things are going to happen, and you know it's part of the game. So so people screaming and getting threatening to the refs is there's no place for it. Not at all. Is there a crisis in hockey officiating these days? Uh, you know, the, the, the officiating population is definitely down. I, I would submit you're, you're sort of beyond crisis mode. And it's not, obviously not just high school hockey. You know, you know like I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm doing every, just all different levels of hockey. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm involved a lot with uh, different hockey organizations. And there's, I, I think there's three components that it comes down to is there's a barrier to entry and maintenance of your of your um, certificate, your certification. So um, uh, the testing and seminar requirements they can be very time consuming. It turns a lot of people off. Sometimes they're asking you sort of mundane, repetitive questions, and, and it's it's bordering on insulting to ask a, a player that, much less a, a third, fourth, fifth year official or, or longer than that. Um, the work environment, as we've discussed. Um, that's just ridiculous for officials or uh, to feel threatened, and, and you know, unfortunately, it's not limited to hockey either. Um, and uh, I think what happens there too is, and officials will, and me included, you know, block the block leagues, you block teams, you block rings because there's just uh, uh, situations you know you're you're better off trying to avoid there. Um, and, and money does. Uh, it's the third rail probably of the conversation, but it, I think it does have to be part of it. The fees have been uh, somewhat flat over the past five, 20, 10 years. Uh, hockey is, um, when you do the hourly basis ca- calculation, uh, hockey is uh, not one of the higher paid, paid sports. A lot of us, yes, we do it for the love of the game, uh, but there is a financial decision um, as far as people are making uh, for their time. And, and it's it's difficult because hockey is already inexpensive. You got It's an expensive sport already for the participants for the players you're buying equipment you got to buy ice time so it's uh it's there's not a clear path to fixing these problems uh, i think it does need a coordinated effort and i don't know if the stakeholders are coordinating their efforts to fix the problem so uh, unfortunately uh, i think uh, we're yes we're in crisis mode and i i also think it'll get worse before it gets better hmm. last question and this has really been i really appreciate you taking the time to sit with me because this this will be valuable for for all my listeners all the followers was no, a lot of fun for me to talk hockey with you chavis uh any suggestions or advice you have for teams in dealing with officials uh 
Well, you know what? I, th- this was plenty of thought. I did have the questions in advance. We should give full disclosure on that. But uh, when when there's a dis- when I make a call on the ice and, and it's a disagreeable call, uh, yeah, you, you're entitled to to make me aware of it. Let's say subtly, you might make be very much entitled to make me aware of it. But make your point and get back to coaching your players or, or playing. You know, keep chirping about a call. Uh, two periods later about a call I missed in the first period or I made that you didn't like, it doesn't serve any purpose to, to berate the official for the rest of the game about that, that missed call. Um, I'm a big fan uh, on the second part of that is players model after their coaches. Uh, a coach who goes after the ref all game, he's disrespecting an authority figure. And uh, he's the authority figure for the players, so guess what? Well, sometimes you, you, it trickles down to practices. So then, the, you know, the Players feel, I think, that they can go and disrespect the coach now. Um, so it's, uh, I think that modeling has to be uh, really, really tightened up. And parents, too. When the parents in the stands, uh, if they're disrespecting the coach as a referee's authority, they're saying, hey, it's okay to disrespect authority. And I'm, I'm a guy who's certainly challenged authority a lot in my life. I have children. I'm constantly aware of that borderline uh, component of challenge, challenging authority versus disrespecting authority. Uh, I think the big comment there is, is be a positive role model. You know, go on from there. Uh, and the last thing, this is one thing I'd, I'd love to see. You know, before I was, a, was an official, I, I was a coach, and, and most importantly, I am a dad. Uh, I always said, told my boys, and, and when my son, when, when it was just my sons, and even when I was coaching, I would tell my players, you shake hands with the officials after the game. Regardless of the outcome, they did their best just like we all do as athletes, uh, and, and that's what I love about hockey. Even after you watch sort of the players go at it, looking to, uh, you know, with their bash each other's brains in, playing their hearts out and going at it, they shake hands after the game because they respect each other. And I'm a big fan of the officials deserve the same respect because we all just love hockey. That was, you know, a heartfelt, passionate, cerebral, you know, discussion you know, you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast. This is the only independent outlet that covers high school hockey in this region. And I really wanted to bring this side of officiating to you today, the human side. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time out. And uh, I hope all the listeners and followers out there enjoyed uh, this, uh, this interaction, this segment. This is your boy Trav, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast. Now it's time for my favorite part of the show. I am coming to you today from Brewster Ice Arena. Shout out to Vinny and Pete and the rest of the crew over here for being so supportive of my show and giving me an office to work out of. I'm here with Somers North Salem head coach John Viteri and assistant coach RJ Ahn, and they're about to spend some time in the box. Welcome to the show, boys. Thank you, thank you. Very good to be here. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Let's All go. right, here we go. Describe your team in five words or less. Uh, varsity team, uh, I'd say we were. It's an interesting squad. Uh, 
interesting, I would say interesting, uh, funny, and I don't know. It, it's it, it's an interesting spot. We got a young young spot right yeah, here. Yeah, so. definitely young. It, so good. <laughs> no, I would say in terms of on the ice stuff, I'd say slow starters, hard working finishers. Yeah, that's kind of been our mo for the season so far. For whatever reason, we just tend to get out of the gate kind of slow, but then the guys get the feel, and the guys and girls get the feel for. Uh, for the ice, and they do they do a really good job finishing games strong. You mentioned the ladies. I noticed yes. you have like four girls on the four team. Girls, yeah. four, four girls, yeah. One senior, one senior, one and three freshmen. Nice. And, and there's more on the way for modified, so it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a full boat of girls coming up soon. That's great. <laughs> I, I actually want to do a show dedicated to being a female hockey player, so I'm gonna have to have you put me in yep. touch. Yeah, put we'll, me in touch we'll with them for yep. sure. Um, what excites you most about this team? Uh, I'd say the youth. Uh, we got a freshman goalie and a sophomore goalie, um, but a lot of freshmen and, and sophomores, but there's a lot of the seniors that are kind of carrying us along right now um, with some leadership. We got some also young leadership. We got a couple sophomores, uh, Brandon Lespina and Anthony Morea, that have really stepped up for us in a lot of good spots. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we're, we're in games that we deemed people shouldn't think that we should be in. Um, the Suffering Games. Yep. The uh, Rytown Harrisons. Uh, you know, everybody always looks at the box score at the end, but they don't really see what happened within the game. Sure. So That's, imp- that's an important point. Um, any surprises this season? I would say... It's honestly, I think it's our goaltending has it's been a very pleasant surprise. I think that was one thing we were a little concerned with because we're our two goaltenders are are young. One goalie is a freshman, and the other goalie is a sophomore. But he's only been playing goalie for three years, and that's Ben Winter. He's doing an awesome job for a kid who's only been playing goalie for three years. So that's a very pleasant surprise. I think we've had. I think we're doing much better than expected in that area. Great. Uh, who are the players to watch on your squad? Uh, I would say Brandon Lespina would be one of the top of the list. Uh, Carly, Carly Bachum, she's a senior. Uh, you know, she's everybody kind of shies away from looking and seeing overlooking girls, but she's hard nosed. She'll get in there and, and you know battle in the corners. And then uh, we have some top defensemen that are really good, with uh, led by Cross Antonell, Nick Caleri, and Michael Dutt. Um, those are our senior defensemen, and uh, they can turn it on at any point. We you know they can, we can float them back up forward and back to defense. Nice. Um, so we have that opportunity. Um, and then, you know, like I said, we got we got a lot of youth. So uh, at any given time, when somebody's down, we got somebody that'll come pop up and you know do what they need to do, make a name for themselves. And it sounds like the future's bright. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Very good. Uh, biggest game of the season, if it happened, if it hasn't happened yet, in your opinion? I would say. I think the Danbury game we had was, was probably the biggest point. That was that seemed like a big turning point for us because we got off to again a terrible start. We were down four nothing. It seemed like that, and then again just a, like a light went on with our boys and girls, and they just they picked it up and they came back. So they scored what was it seven unanswered? Seven unanswered. Seven unanswered. That's goals huge. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great in like we, a nine minute point yeah. in the second period. Yeah. Wow. And even Brandon, one of our top players, Brandon Spina, was out for a little bit, and we still didn't skip a beat. We went right into it. And also, too, we had our we started a little tradition there with the uh, with the Sabres Broadway hat. 
I see that. Soul from the Rangers. Like so that. That was our first uh, giveaway. We have, a, we have a little Rangers blood in our system. Yes, in our system, a little so. bit. So we had to figure get the Broadway hat in there. Yeah, so. you, RJ, you and I were talking about yes. that a little bit before yeah. we started. Um, uh, toughest rink to play in? Uh, I would have to either say the ice hutch. Definitely the ice hutch. It's just, it's dark, it's it's warm, It's the ice is... Uh, it, it's it's it was always tough for me to play down there. Right. Um, suffering. Sport around. Sport sport all. I mean, it's just because when you go down there, you play the North Rocklands, you play the Sufferings. They always bring a big, big crowd. Yes. Um, which is awesome. It's yep. awesome to play in front of. I think we did an excellent job when going against Suffering. Yep. I was at that game. Yep. 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 And uh, they, you know, our kids kept poking out of the locker room as they pouring kids in, pouring kids in. And I think we played well in front of them, but I, I still think Ice Hutch is definitely the hardest rink to play in. Can't, can't seem to get over that Pelham hump. Can't seem to do it. <laughs> yeah. even, even when I was playing, can't beat those guys. I'm actually he- I'm actually heading down yeah. there uh, after I after I finish with you guys. Um, biggest rival. That's tough. That's tough because when I was playing, it was JFK without a doubt. Okay. JFK Putnam Valley, but they have they have left their own damn the Catholic League now. But I think maybe Coach Terry may argue with this. I think it's Mayapak right now. I think that's the game our, our guys, most guys and girls, excuse me, <laughs> most get up for. Um, it seems a lot of intensity. Our, our checking seems to pick up that for that game. Okay, um, that's just my opinion. Uh, I don't think we. I mean, you could look at it as Mayapak, John Jay. I mean, it, it, I think our biggest rival is ourselves. I mean, we we, we have to. We depend on who we come, what team comes out on the ice. You know, some there's a lot of games that we beat ourselves huh. by doing a lot of uh, 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 unnecessary things, maybe taking some penalties, trying to do too much. But when we do play well, there's no we can skate with anybody. And you saw it. we played when we, we were with suffering. I mean, regardless of what the score is, right. we hung in with them. I yeah. mean, we have. And I've, young se- I've seen you here a couple times, but yeah. even last night. Yep. Even last night's game. Yeah, we're fighting. And, uh, you know, when we want to turn it on, we could we could play with anybody. So I'd say our biggest rival would be ourselves. That's a very cerebral answer. Yes, yes. Nice. Uh, what do you guys look for in a hockey player? Effort's got to be there for me. That's the one thing. Whether whether the score is one nothing or 10-1, you have to be giving the same effort all the time. That's that's the one thing I really look for because that shows when you see the effort that shows the player really cares and they want to get better and they want to become a better hockey player. We got, I mean, you got you got to be able to leave it on the ice. We've been talking about it. You know, high school hockey it comes fast and you know it ends even faster. Um, you know these kids, a lot of kids. We talk about it all the time. You got to be all in. You got to be ready to go. Forty-five minutes or in fifty minutes, as a case of last night's game. Right. You know, um, and ready to give it out, give it all you got. And whenever your number is called, to ready to go out there, you got to be ready to show. Um, so you know, hard working and tough nose, and uh, you know, you gotta have some fun. It's high school hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. At the end of the day, it's about having fun. Yeah. Um, what makes a successful hockey coach? <laughs> I'll let you take that one. Um. I would say, you know, doing what you what you feel is right for the team. Uh, uh, listening to, you know, I, I think the first thing my first year, I tried to do a lot myself. And then as I came a little bit more comfortable with my coaching staff, a little bit more comfortable with what's going on, able to give things up 
uh, you know, listen to other people. Delegate. Delegate, you know, within the coaching staff. Sure, and, you right, know, right. You know. I think we do a really good job with that. Yeah. We have a great, like, coaching minds with this. We got five of us. We talk with each other all the time. What should we do during practice? Which, how should we change things up? Um, willing to change, I think, would be one thing. Not, not be set in your ways. I think that's something. Open to new exactly. ideas, new Yeah, yeah, but still at the same time go with yeah. what you, you oh, know, yeah. what you right. think is right as well. You know yeah. what I mean? Don't second guess things. Yes. Uh, favorite moment or memory as a coach this season so far? This season? That Danbury game? I would yeah. say the Danbury yeah. game was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, coming down 4 nothing and then seeing these kids really turn it on, that yeah. was a lot of fun. Those uh, games are so – those kind of games are just really so much fun to coach. And even the game last night, it ended in a tie, but, like, it was just back and forth yeah. the whole way. I, I said to these guys yeah. after the game, I go – well, it's official. I have no voice. Like, <laughs> I, I was, we were in it. Their, co- their coaching staff, you know, I played against when I played in high school. Those same coaches were coaching. Yep, same they were either my coaches in travel or, you know, in high school. And it's a lot. It's fun to you know go at the end of the game and, and they're exhausted just as much as the players right. are because you're giving it all you got. You know, love it. So, um, biggest challenge you face as a coach? Um, I would say biggest challenge you face as a coach is that um you know being a two team a, a two school team you know i'm i'm at north sound i teach at north sound so i'm able to see these kids um i don't really see what's going on over at somers but i have a good um our athletic director does a great job over there i'm able to reach out to those seniors over there and do a good job with keeping everybody on tack um we have two managers one from each school they're able they're helping us out um but i'd say like you never know what you're going to get. High school sports, is, and this is goes not just for hockey, it's just high school sports in general. Right. You never know what you're going to get at the beginning of a game. You don't know who's team, what team's going to show up. So it's just trying to find and motivate these kids to give everything they got, every single chance they have on the ice, and to do whatever they, you know, to give it all they got. Um, I think that's the hardest thing to motivate these kids, you know, to keep them focused, to, you know, to not worry about themselves, to worry about what's going on with the team. It's not about you know numbers at the end of the day with individuals. It's about the team. So, what uh, what advice would you give to someone who's interested in coaching? Just be prepared that not everyone is going to have the same thoughts that you are. That you are going to get have some disagreements, whether that be with other coaches or parents or players. But you just have to remember that the decision you make. Just make sure that it's what's best for the team and it's what's best for them to become better hockey players in the future. Okay. The state of hockey in the Hudson Valley. What do you guys think? I mean, we've, what is it? We've gone to the state finals in both Division One and Two over the past couple of years. We kind of made a name for ourselves. You know, we have we have powerhouses like Pelham, Mamaroneck, um, Scarsdale was up there, Suffren's up there, and then you have those surprise teams like we made a run four years ago in the semifinals that we always seem to see Pelham at some point. But you know, you have these teams that. John like Jay, the yeah. John Jays, the uh, uh, Rise, that make these, it makes it interesting, and you know it has it is to tribute to the parents, uh, you know local, the travel teams. It has a lot to do with a lot of things. I think um, this area is flooded with excellent hockey players. It's just a matter of trying to get them all together at the sure. same time, especially right. high school. Um, you know, you see like these a lot of these travel teams are more. Of, all-star teams of yeah. like combined high school yeah. players. So, um, 
It's fun. I, th I think once we start to see more NHL players from this area, I think that's when you could really call it the, the state of hockey. Because um, I know upstate, they have the Patrick Canes, they have the Ryan Callahans or Zach Bogosian. So I think once we get more players from this area, I think that'll that's when we could really officially call ourselves the state of Sure. Here. We got Steve Santini yeah, right now. Speaking of being Kevin Shattenkirk, yeah, yep. there's a few, but uh, yep. we're getting there. Yep, absolutely. Um, you already answered kind of the challenges of coaching that co-op team. You know, you're at you're at North Salem. Mm -hmm. You're not at Somers, so you talk to the AD. Um, anything else as far as challenges you might face? I guess. Uh, Actually, I mean, I was talking with you before, and I think the parents, it's tough for them sometimes because they don't know each other really very well. So especially when they're coming in for a meeting in October, they're like, who is this person? I mean, like, why? <laughs> I think our booster club, yeah. though, are, oh, yeah. does they, a fantastic job yeah. they, they, uh, they getting everybody together. That, and that's critical when you have page. two or more schools. you got to have open communication, parental support. Yeah. All right. Um, this is actually going to be a topic for next week's show. The Power Leagues. Thoughts on the Power Leagues? Uh, we had it on what I played in high school. Um, I think it's it's good. Um, I think it's appropriate. I mean, if you look at Connecticut, Connecticut kind of does a Power League. They go Division One, Two, and Three. Yeah. You know, when you win divi that division next year, you're able to move up, and somebody's going to move down. Right. Um, and that's kind of like what it's based on. Uh, this year, they kind of went back to kind of a Power League sure. situation. Um, but they didn't really let us know that they were going to do that. Huh. Um, well, at least I didn't know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know if I was out of the loop because I was, you know, coaching baseball. Or baseball yeah. and right. kid and everything. You know, sure. Do life life sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. wait, yeah. what? Who, who's in our league? Like, <laughs> right. And um, but I think it is good for teams like like Lakeland last year. Lakeland's hot right now because their youth is coming up. But over the past couple of years, they had to suffer through some tough leagues. Sure. And um, and Bart Bart over at Lakeland, you know, I got to test him. He's been patient with those kids. He's doing a great job. But I think it's also for the kids too. You know, you're going to have some teams that you know, high school hockey. It's, it's up and down. You're going to lose kids to to prep schools. You're going to lose kids to travel. Right. You're going to lose kids to graduation sure. or just moving in general. And you might have a hot team one year, and you know next year that you're going to not have such a strong team. That why would you want to be up in that top league? You're going right. to drop down. You know, um, and I think it's just you move your way up. Yeah. I mean, obviously, once you get to, uh, you know, sectionals and whatnot, it is what it is. But, you know, you want to play within your competition, but also you want to play up to the next competition. Sure, absolutely. So yeah. that's why I think if we look at our schedule this year, we have the suffering, the Rytown Harrisons, the Clarkstown. Um, so we play John, John Jay, North Rockland. Those kinds of guys are in our league. But you want to play up to them. You don't want to have to play down to other teams sure um which we tend to do a lot yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's another story well that goes back to being yeah. you know your own worst rival yeah, your own worst yeah, yeah. all right last two questions favorite professional player past or present adam graves okay Man, i saw him on saturday actually. adam graves uh, <laughs> he's just you know it's i wouldn't say you know you excellent player on the ice but i think it's more about what he do off the ice sure um and uh, these kids don't Sometimes understand that they want they want the stardom on the ice, but they don't realize that you know you're 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 a hockey player on the ice, but you're also a hockey player off the ice. Sure. And you got to do the right thing. And off a, role, the ice. a role model. Role model. Right. You know. You know what I mean. Okay. Um, I think I'd have to go with uh, Alex Ovechkin. I mean, I I've never I, I, like 
every single time he plays against the Rangers and he is and he has the puck on a stick, your heart just drops. Yep. And like, <laughs> it's, um, it's unbelievable to watch that guy play. I, I've never seen anybody like him on a power play yep. where if he gets a one-timer, it's in the net every yeah. time. I've never seen that. And, and also he hits, he skates yes. as hard as he can every shift, going back to the effort thing. But so, yeah, but there's He's always a, a but. He's doesn't a have a Stanley Cup. <laughs> yes, yeah. doesn't have a Stanley and Cup yet. And I don't know if they'll ever win a Stanley yeah, Cup with it's, him it's as the tough, captain. But watching him play is just is something it's, else. It's yeah. absolutely yeah. a pleasure. Yeah. I'm not yeah. taking anything away yeah. from that. No. <laughs> from him. All right, last question. Favorite professional team? Rangers. For hockey or for Ra- yeah, hockey? For hockey. Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Same here. Thanks, guys, and best of luck to you and the team with the rest of the season. That was Somers North Salem head coach John mm-hmm. Viteri and assistant coach R.J. On, and you are listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast. Cool. Oh, uh, Clarkstown, please. This is Will Payne, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. As our fifth episode comes to an end, it's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events and charities. Stick Taps go out to the Brockport Varsity Hockey Team for hosting their fifth annual Military Appreciation Game on Tuesday, January 24th versus Hilton. Puck drop was set for 5 p.m. and proceeds were given to the Brockport American Legion. Stick Taps go out to the Newtown Varsity Hockey Team for hosting their fourth annual Warrior Cup game versus Barlow on Friday, January 27th at Danbury Arena. Puck drop was set for 7 p.m. and donations accepted at the gate were given to the Wounded Warrior Project. Stick Taps go out to the Webster Schroeder Varsity Hockey Team for hosting their Alzheimer's Awareness Game versus Webster Thomas on Saturday, January 28th. Puck drop was set for 3 p.m., and the team sold wristbands for a dollar. The proceeds were donated to the Alzheimer's Association, and those in attendance were encouraged to wear purple in support of the event. Stick taps go out to White Plains forward James Carrier on scoring the 50th goal of his varsity career on Thursday, January 26th. Stick taps go out to Gates Chili Varsity Hockey's freshman goaltender Sam Lavecchi of Section 5, who made a whopping 73 saves in a 4-1 loss to Iridonquat on Tuesday, January 24th. Uh, That record is good for third all-time in New York State for saves in a game. Stick taps go out to Summit Varsity Hockey's head coach, Keith Nixon, on earning his 300th career win versus Morris Knowles on Thursday, January 26th. Stick taps go out to Ridge Varsity Hockey as they faced off against Hillsborough on Friday, January 27th at Bridgewater Sports Arena. Puck drop was set for 6.30 p.m. and proceeds from the evening were donated to the American Cancer Society. Stick taps go out to the Iona Prep Varsity Hockey Team for hosting a military appreciation game on Saturday, January 28th versus Chaminade at the Ice Hutch. Puck drop was set for 8.30 p.m. and proceeds were donated to Operation Hat Trick. Stick taps go out to the Pittsburgh Panthers Varsity Hockey Team for hosting their 8th annual Pink the Rink game versus McQuaid on Saturday, February 4th at the Policini Center. Puck drop is set for 7 p.m. with proceeds going to the Breast Cancer Coalition of Rochester. And if you know of a player, coach, 
team, or hockey-related event or charity and would like them to receive stick taps in the future, please tweet me at TravJax71 using the hashtag HVPucks. That's it for the fifth episode of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the premier destination for all things high school hockey related in our region. I'll be at different games every weekend for the rest of the season and during the playoffs too. So be on the lookout for the Ranger onesie as you never know where I might be. Before I sign off, I want to thank my beautiful wife, Marisol, and my two daughters, Juliana and Kayla, for their never-ending love, understanding, patience, and support as I look to bring you the best show possible each and every week. Official HV Pucks gear is also available for purchase. You can send me a DM, and I will also pin information on how to place an order on my Twitter page. If you're interested in getting your hands on a hat, hoodie, long-sleeve tee, sweatpants, or a short-sleeve tee, we've got it all. And a huge thanks to my girl, Cheryl Marcus, a.k.a. Lady Von Fury, who can be found on Twitter, at Lady Von Fury, for creating my custom logo and all the clothing, too. And if you're digging the music that you've heard on the show, check out the EP, Broken Walls, by Fracture, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can also find them on Twitter, at Fracture underscore Band, on Instagram, at Fracture Official, Fracture Official Band on Facebook, and www.FractureOfficial.com on the web. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.